and welcome to the Maddest Touches. I'm your host, Tris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Welcome back to one of, if not the most exciting episode of the year, where we're going to be previewing the Cheltenham Festival 2022. Woo. Pretty happy week, isn't it? I always find this slightly odd how, whereas, whereas with flat you have, you know, your big races dotted around. Yeah. Cheltenham is the be all and end all in jumps. Yeah. So it's like everything that you do throughout the season is geared up towards this. It's kind of like the Olympics, right? Mm. You know, like you've got your uh, Diamond League qualifiers. <laughs> <laughs> which mean athletics, nothing. Which mean, yeah, nothing. Uh, and then you've got the Olympics itself, which is which is huge. And yeah, this is so this is the horse Olympics, basically. Um, very exciting, really. It's going to be four days of pure action. Uh, you're even getting down there on the Friday, aren't you? Yeah, thankfully I managed to take a day off work. So uh, thank you to my line manager for that, <laughs> uh, for accepting that. Um, very excited to get down there. We'll get down there on the day, watch all the racing uh gold cup that day of course uh as well as our good friend and friend of the podcast george chatterton riding at cheltenham uh, not his first time riding at cheltenham but his first time riding at the festival no his first time probably one to forget as well as he did end up <laughs> on the floor with about 16 fences to go um <laughs> if any of our listeners wanted to find you uh on the friday and have a drink with you where can they find you and what do you want to drink with them and uh, do you put do you, and do you put um robinson squash in the top of your guinness no no but some people do a lot of people do it's very popular um i actually worked uh for jockey club catering for a while and <laughs> it was a request i got often so i know i know it well it's also so rogue like you have to have those little tiny squeezy bottles of robinson bizarre isn't it yeah yeah it's not for me but i'll probably have a couple of guinnesses black current um, that's it i think i should given you know it's cheltenham and yeah. it's called the guinness village which is probably where i'll be posted for a lot of the a lot of the day um and posting and posting perhaps Hopefully. yeah i don't have social media but i might have to forward them to you or take well, the details you can, just, you can just do it on your work phone and say this work yeah. um <laughs> but yeah so that that's where i'll be and then obviously trackside trying to get a good position to watch um some fantastic racing and which horse are you most excited to see not just on, on that the, friday on the day. but but, oh. but for the whole week for the whole week well i would probably say shishkin but we've already seen shishkin and like i don't think any anything can top um the time that we saw shishkin so for that reason and it might be a bit boring because it's the first race of the whole festival but like constitution hill we love that horse and it's like sort of building up Actually, Facil Vega is quite an interesting one. Uh, yeah. Especially, and bear in mind, we've recorded the second part of this podcast uh, before already. Um, so we know what's happened. Yeah. But there's an interesting conversation coming up that makes possibly makes that race more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There does. Good incentive to listen to. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. To that it comes there. right at the end. 
over the whole podcast. They just um, I'm also really excited about Constitution Hill in the first. So if anyone is uh, thinking of having a bet, probably don't back that because there's no way that it wins because I backed it like five months ago. Oh, and um, I actually kind of forgot about that. There's as well. just no way. Huge. There's no way that it will win. 33s? Yeah, it was 33. 33. I have a very special uh, man to thank for that. And he knows who he is. Um, but we won't name him because his boss will get angry. Um, anyway, that is uh, sort of excitement covered. We've decided not to do the news this week because obviously the biggest story in the news at the moment is the war in Ukraine. We obviously stand firmly with Ukraine. Um, big talking point coming out today about Chelsea, uh, Chelsea's owner Roman Abramovich being sanctioned. Where do you stand on that? Um, yeah, look, I've seen obviously a lot of stuff in the news uh, actually about people almost seeing this as as unfair. You know, why should this poor man, you know, have his club taken away from him? And frankly, I find the whole rhetoric absolutely ridiculous and quite pathetic, to be honest. Um, but also, it actually, to a wider point, it shows that sports washing works really well. Like people think that you know Roman Abramovich is this benevolent guy who just gives away cash to 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 you know a little old football club in England. Um, you know he did. He bought Chelsea for very specific reasons, and those reasons were actually to protect himself from from Vladimir Putin after he'd uh, helped to rig um, the election that won. Um, Boris Yeltsin, the the presidency. Um, so you know his his ill-gotten gains have has flown in, uh, you know flooded into this country, uh, as has been the case with a lot of other uh, Russian oligarchs. And you know it's a shame almost that it's taken this long for people to open their eyes to the fact that there are these bad actors within the country. Um, but at least something's being done about it now, and it's quite right. You know um, you've got to sanction. Um, these people because it, it it will make a difference maybe not now maybe not tomorrow but over time it will make a difference yeah. um, and that's and that's what's important and that's the the overall sort of common goal that we're all working to you know maybe football's got a little bit of hand I mean we shouldn't talk about football for too long but the fact that we've also got the Saudi um, investment group uh, yeah. PIF yeah I mean it brings into a uh, question a lot of yeah other issues within football and uh who who are, who are buying these clubs but um yeah not a conversation for this platform anyway no but um just to reiterate that we are fully behind all of the war efforts in in yeah. supporting a ukraine as are as are um racing as well of course it's worth mentioning um Cheltenham have um, made the good decision to to uh, name a or rename a race uh, for the festival this week. Um, the I can't remember what the name the the actual name of it. Is, if you've got it, the Ukraine, Ukraine appeal. Yeah. It's the national hunt chase, the yeah. the last race on the card uh, yeah. on the first day. And then actually, I was um, I don't know who's in, probably the jockey club, but they're doing a raffle. Um, where uh, and I encourage anyone to um, go have a look at this. But basically, they're doing a raffle for the Friday uh, for hospitality tickets, and you can donate sort of each raffle ticket is ten pounds, and you can buy up to ten raffle tickets. I think uh, all proceeds go um, to the Red Cross, um, and yeah, again, another good initiative. So it's it's good to see that 
racing is is um supporting the cause as well yeah and it's very important I, yeah especially in a week like Cheltenham when, when racing has the ability to do that um it's it's really good we will leave our introduction there for now after the break we're going to be joined by one of the most exciting jockeys in the land a guy who's going to tell us all that the uk are going to bring home the Bresbury cup <laughs> you couldn't even keep straight face <laughs> yeah it may not be him that's going to say that it may be someone else uh, but let's leave that there for now and we'll see you after the jingle right we can now welcome our guest for the Cheltenham preview, sat with us today is one of the most. What would you what would you describe him, Charlie? As up and coming, up and coming jockeys. Took you probably what a few months to ride out your seven pound claim and then your five pound claim, and now sits here with a grey bun under his belt, under champ earlier in the season, which was a pretty impressive display, and also his breakthrough on early doors in the Cheltenham Festival of 2019. John Joe O'Neill, welcome to the Midas Touches. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, we are obviously going to be tackling a very exciting week next week. It's the Cheltenham Festival. Charlie, are you excited? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, going on Friday, so uh, that's not a bonus, but uh, I'll be watching on, on TV. Well, if work permitting, of course, I need to make sure that uh you know i can try and watch the races but uh, i'm sure i'll be able to sneak in uh, you know race here or there uh in the afternoon of work but yeah very excited i think it's going to be um a great festival you know things have really been building up throughout the season as they always do and uh yeah looking forward to seeing the outcomes i feel like there's quite a few talking points before we even go into the racing obviously 2020 2020 2020 <laughs> 2020 was the last time that there were crowds at cheltenham Mm. Um, John Joe, you rode last year. What's the difference between having a crowd and not having a crowd at Cheltenham? It must feel pretty strange. I think, yeah, I think definitely on the on the, the Tuesday it really hit home because, like, we were obviously racing behind uh, closed doors for the whole season, um, and it didn't really make much of a difference to us apart from a couple of big days like Boxing Day and stuff like that. But it was only when we when we drove in to Cheltenham because usually it's like a, you can't get in yeah. and we literally flew in and there was just no one no marquees no tents nothing all um was it yellow and black taping everywhere and it was surreal yeah, it was actually it was really depressing um and I think that was the, that was the first time it kind of hit all of us like wow this is really really strange and how excited are you that the crowds are going to be back this year can't wait i mean it's just been it's been great this year you know even football games rugby matches just having the crowds back has just been unreal and i think this year i think the atmosphere is going to be better than it's ever been because i think everyone is just dying to come back and um yeah i think it's going to be i think it's going to be incredible and do you get to enjoy you're saying before we started recording that you live about five ten minutes away do you get to enjoy it after the racing's finished what's your sort of schedule like on an average evening 
just I, I think if you had a winner, you'd be very happy just going back home and watching the replays over and <laughs> over again. Um, to be honest, like because it's four days and stuff, you've had if you were lucky enough to have a winner, you're just thinking about the next day yeah. because um, you know it's like it's it's our World Championships and they only come around like four days every year, so you kind of being you've got to be on your A game all the time. Um, so there's not you might go out for dinner or something like that, but it depends what weights you have the next day. You might have light the next day, so you can't do that. Um, but I, yeah, to be honest, if if I had a winner, I'd be happy just going home and watching the replays about a hundred times. <laughs> I mean, that that's slightly the thing, though, isn't it? Because it's not just one day. You know, it's those four days, and you've got great racing every day, and you just need to go back mm. out there and you know put yourself out there again and try and get more winners. So it's pretty relentless mm. in that sense, but also so rewarding. I can imagine. Yeah, it's yeah. It's it's such an exciting week and the racing really is top draw. Um, we think a lot of the Cheltenham previews sometimes are a little bit boring. So as we've said to John Joe before, we're going to try and make this a little bit more enjoyable, at least to start, before we properly go into the nitty gritty of which horses are going to win which races. Um, John Joe, which horse are you most excited to see in the whole of the week? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Gallopin Deschamps because oh. I've never seen him before and he just looks a beast, like real classy, exuberant horse. So I'm looking forward just to having a look at him. Um, but I think, you know, everyone, sh- everyone probably should be the same and Honeysuckle, you know, yeah. she's our que- queen of racing at the yeah. minute and, we're not going to get her forever, so I think whoever can should definitely go and see her because she's she's won the million. And what do you think about punters who are sort of saying, "Oh, appreciate it," you know, "appreciate it" could win. I'm interested in the race, definitely. Um, Honeysuckle is obviously miles better than everything that she's been racing against, but she kind of probably for the last two seasons she's probably been racing against the same kind of horses. Um, so she hasn't probably faced anything like appreciate it. Um, he was very, he was a standout last year. It was probably a weak Supreme um, last year. I think mm. this, this year's Supreme is a lot stronger. Um, wouldn't worry me about him not having a run because Willie's obviously done that with Covega and, and a few of them. Albin Soto doesn't have many runs before a Gold Cup. So yeah. um, that wouldn't worry me. And I think it'd be interesting. Um, but she does get seven pounds and she's, better than all the boys anyway so yeah. it it will be hard for him but i think i think this is probably the biggest task she's probably had yet i, I saw the camp being quite punchy about that seven pounds they, they were saying that she doesn't even need it so I mean, that's, <laughs> like, that's some pretty strong words uh, in favor of her but obviously as we know she's she's all class so yeah and they used to say the like same it. about enable as well yeah but then actually in that well, fateful arc against falky she she probably could have kept on to those. Or she did keep on to those. She did, well yeah. Enough. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Galapin de Champ and Honeysuckle. Mm. And then which horse are you most excited to ride? Probably Champ. Um, I'd say he's probably my best chance. Uh, hopefully he will get there in one piece. But, you know, he obviously gave me a great day at Ascot, mm. uh, winning the long walk. He probably wasn't quite as good the next time, but... Um, I think he's probably in a better place now. And he still ran a good race at Cheltenham. Paisley Park on that track, you know, it's just a freak sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, he just threw in one of them freakish performance like he got less 
left start and still won with his ears pricked. So, yeah, it, I, I think it was a freakish performance. I thought Champ still ran well, but um, I'd be happy to take him on again yeah. um, next week. Do you feel any like added pressure riding Champ? I mean, there's always such hype around the naming of the horse, the fact that it's after Tony McCoy, and there's always the cameras on him. Do you ever feel that heightened pressure? Not really, to be honest. Um, just I always find right, when I ride favourites or in any race, I find if I'm riding a favourite, I've got technically, it doesn't always that technically, I've got the best chance of winning. Yeah. So I just, I prefer, I would much ride, prefer riding a favourite with more pressure because I, I just, it doesn't, it's not pressure to me. Well, I've lucky enough, I got on a horse that's got the best chance out of all of them rather than ride a 10 to 1 shot and you're under the radar of it, I'd much rather have the favourite. Um, but I'm well aware, you know, riding the favourite doesn't mean you're going to win at all. But yeah. get, before the race, you've probably got the best chance looking at all the form and everything like that. So uh, not really, but obviously I'm well aware. Um, but You would have thought you know, there's going to be quite like, a few people backing Champ as well after that mm. ridiculous performance when he came from that yeah. absolute car park. Yeah, he loves Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. he does love Cheltenham and... His, I think his form figures over hurdles are only one and two. Yeah. Like he, he's never come out the first two over hurdles. So he's got he's got seriously good form. Um, and you know he is older now. And but it's a, it's a very open race. I think it's I think it's a good race because you've got previous you've got probably four previous winners going into it: Paisley Park, Miss Nagar Oscar, and uh, Soren Porter. You've got Time Hill. Who missed? Yeah. I think he missed it last year, did he? But he, you know, he's obviously a very good horse. He got champ, and uh, I think it's, I think it's a very good race. Um, and you probably run the race a couple of times, and you probably get a few different results. So I think it's probably just who turns up in the day. And do you see, you know, the fact that Buzz is out of the race? Obviously, Nicky Henderson's other main chance going into the season. Do you see that as a as a big benefit for for Champ? I mean, was would Buzz have been a been a worry for you guys, or do you think Champ would even yeah, well, be going for this race if Buzz was around? We don't know. We don't know if Buzz never went to three miles because he, unfortunately he got injured just before the long walk. Um, so that was his first time trying three miles. So it, it was hard to know until he ran over three miles. But obviously he won a Cesar Rich, I think, over two miles on a flat. So mm. I have no doubt he would have got the three miles. Um, but it's an unfortunate um, that he couldn't make it because I think he would have added a, another dimension to the race, which would have been interesting. Yeah. But hopefully he can come back next year um, and we'll try again. So that's for our listeners. That's the Thursday, the main race, the stairs hurdle. So you'd be tipping up champ there. I feel it's hard. I, I it's hard no, not just, to. <laughs> you've got, I, I think he's got as good a chance as any of them. And if he turns up, uh, on the day, he's got a good chance, but that is the same for all of them. I think it's a very open race. It's probably the most open uh, feature race of the four days, probably. Yeah, yeah. And then actually, if we take it right back to the start of the week, let's go to the Supreme. I, For me, it's the most exciting race of the week, not partly because of a tip that I was given at a dinner right back in October. Um by a guy who works in Nicky Henderson's um, who told everyone at the dinner that Constitution Hill 
was one of the best horses that they'd seen at the Henderson Yard for years. Uh, Nicky then stood up and gave a speech in which someone told him that, I'm not going to name him, but someone had been saying this about Constitution Hill and he was a little bit pissed off (laughs) because I think it was meant to be a bit of a secret how good Constitution Hill was. How good do you think Constitution Hill is? You probably know better than us. Um, And who would your pick in that race be? Yeah, I am a massive, massive Constitution Hill fan. I think he's an absolute monster. Um, And although it's a very, very good Supreme, I really can't see him getting beat, to be honest. Um, But it is a very good Supreme. I don't know if Sir Gerard or Dusak Dynamo is going for the Supreme, whichever one will turn up. Uh, John Bond's been good as well, but my eyes just always go to him. He just is so relaxed, doing everything in the race, in the prelims, and you just press the button and he's there. I think it's going to be one of those Supremes, like when Altior won. Yeah. Um, like that Supreme Altior won, there was Min, I think. Yeah. Uvedere, Uvedere, uh, Charbel, Super Sunday. Like, Sizing John, um, I think, even potentially was in there. He probably was, yeah. Or the year before, no, Bell's Hill. Yeah. So serious, serious race. And I think this race is going to be similar. I think there's going to be really good horse to come out of this race. Yeah, it's so exciting. And for that to be the first race of the whole festival Jeez. as well. It's... The Tuesday, though, generally is just so good. Like, what a curtain raiser. Yeah. It's such good racing. I used to, I used to, so I was at school in Cheltenham. Yeah. It's obviously 10 minutes from the track. And I used to get half days on the Tuesday to the Friday. <laughs> And I think the first race was at one thirty, and I finished at 1 o'clock, went to get changed, got a taxi at one fifteen. None of the traffic, they were all gone then because they were just just before the first race. Yeah. Managed to get there about one twenty-five, run into the track, and they're literally about to come down for the first roll. <laughs> yeah. And it is, yeah, the Tuesdays, I, I love the Tuesday because all the anticipation is there. And then when the first race is gone, it just goes over like a flash. It's unbelievable. I mean, what are the odds for there being a, f- a false start? Again, it seems that that always happens now. It's kind of a token thing. There's a false start in the Supreme. So Tuesday's your favourite day of the week. What, um, you know when you won your race back in 2019, what stage were you at? Had you finished school? Yeah, I'd finished school. Um, I was, I finished 18, did my A-levels. Yeah. And then I spent a year as an amateur. I went... uh, different each summer probably from when i was about 15 i went to different uh yards each summer so i went to in the bulges in ireland i did two seasons in gordon elliott um in the summer and i did i went to aiden o'brien's went to joseph's i did a summer in guinea macaird in france and i just went to different things so i did that for the summer i finished school and then um i was an amateur and then i think i turned conditional i was very unlucky with injuries to start with um like I, I was out for eight months. I broke my back when I was a maybe I think a seven pound claimer. Mm. I think I had a couple. I maybe had ten winners, and yeah. I and I broke my back when I was in France. I broke my wrist and had to have wires in and stuff. That took five months. Um, I broke my leg. That took three months, and I was just kind of unlucky, kind of getting going. So I was riding a few winners and then getting injured which was like halting me but in the end I think it was actually quite good because I learned a lot off the track as as well as on the track but and it kind of a lot of lads go through their claim quite quick mm. and it can all happen very fast and then you're on a level pegging with everyone and I think it halted me back a little bit 
yeah. definitely helped. Um, the first when I came back from my uh, broken back, it was in the November, and I got a clean run then. And uh, yeah, I think I had a the a Lanzarote winner in January, and and then uh, j- just a few winners going up into Cheltenham, and it managed to get me a nice ride in early doors, and it kind of went from there. And to do it in the the JP Silks as well must have been a massive moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think I was still. I think I maybe just started claiming three, um, but you know, obviously, I, all I did was watch uh, AP riding them at the festival and all, and for Dad and for JP. So to do it for them and for Joseph as well, it was his yeah. first year having winners winners in his own name at the festival, and I'd spent um, a little while with them. It was nice. It was um, yeah, it was quite special. And are you still in contact with Joseph? Because I remember it was about two or three seasons ago when he seemed to have just cracked Cheltenham, basically. And he had like two, maybe three winners. And then obviously the Sir Eric, tragically, in the in that triumph, um, breaking his leg. But then sort of the last season seemed to not quite go the same. Um, and his he hasn't really got any jumpers. Um, you still yeah he's, you, yeah yeah he's he, he's very busy now with the flat and I think yeah. he's you know he's he's an he's an amazing trainer from what he's done already at such a young age like won a Melbourne Cup mm. as a three year old like yeah. things that you know the things he he's done is he's gonna go very far um, but he's definitely focused more he does still have jumpers obviously but he's focused a lot more on the flat and um, internationally as well so he's He's doing amazing. Big talking point with it being Gordon Elliott's first festival back, uh, obviously since that image that came out last year and then Denise Foster took over. Do you think there's going to be a bit of backlash from the crowd or do you think everyone's just sort of forgotten about it now? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, It's going to be a tough one to call. I mean, you're probably going to get a bit of both. Um, naturally just the way the press works these days and stuff um but uh gordon's uh, i i know gordon well and uh, i lived with him for the for two summers i was over there and he was very very good to me and um you know we can all do stupid stuff um yeah. and stuff that you just can't condone um but um he's he's managed to make a comeback and do it well um and I hope for his sake he gets a good reception, but you just, you just don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that's gone really quiet. Mm. Like it, it almost feels like a long time ago as well now, um, yeah. though it probably wasn't in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I just have I'm not forgotten about it, but it's gone to the back of my mind. So yeah. It'll be, be interesting. interesting to see the Chibi Park. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. if 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 Absolutely. if De Bromhead goes in and Mullins go and nail a load of winners with <laughs> Gordon's horses, I think he's going to be a bit... A little bit pissed off. Um, Let's talk a bit about the Wednesday. We've looked uh, at the Tuesday. We might come back later if there's any really strong bets on the Tuesday. Um, But let's go to the Wednesday. The Ballymore obviously kind of hinges on whether Dysart, Dynamo or Sigurhard go to either the Supreme or the Ballymore. Do you think it's sort of job done? Whichever one of those goes to the Ballymore wins? Or do you think there's someone else a little bit lower down the field that might... Uh, give them a run for their money. 
Yeah, I think it probably is a race that is probably cutting up a slight bit um, just because there's horses like Jinto. It sounds like he's going to the Albert Bartlett now because Manila Karuna's uh, got injured for Gordon. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, Sir Jared had diced it down one's going to go one, one's going to be the other. Um, so I think it probably got killed quite. He's probably going to go for the Supreme. He's probably going to cut up a good bit. Um, it's going to still be a strong race. Um they talk about Stateman now. I don't know a lot about him, but I've been watching him. I don't know whether he'll go for a uh, handicap if he has a mark. I don't know, or yeah. or going for the um, for the Ballymore. Yeah. I think Stage Star is very um, solid. I think he's a solid each way bet. Um, you know, he's done nothing wrong here. He looks like a big galloper, um, and he's done he's done well. He's probably the best of the British novices yeah. in that division, um, and. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably a good each way bet because he's he's solid. That actually probably maybe brings us on to a good point as well. Like, how do you see the sort of British versus the Irish playing out this year? <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to go quite similar to last year. Yeah, I can't <laughs> see. I think I think I would be very surprised. Um, I think we definitely have a better hold maybe in the grade ones than we did last year yeah such as you would hope maybe either the Ballymore or the Albert Bartlett with Hillcrest yeah or yeah. Arkle. You know, Constitution Hill the Arkle I love uh, Edward you've got the champ there's plenty yeah. uh champ uh uh Shishkin in the Hazy champion Park, chase time hill yeah I think they've I think they've all I think I think we've got a better sh- stronghold on on the grade one races than we did last year yeah handicaps i'm not sure so sure yeah but i still do think if you look at all the um anti-post betting for all the yeah. races the english are are fairly weak in all the divisions really um so i i think we would be kidding ourselves to say we are going to be up against it again but then actually the, i'm looking at the prices here on odds checker and the bookies are priced it up as one to 14 ireland Usually you get a bit of value, and it's usually like one to three. Wow. I would say back in Great Britain at eleven to one would be quite a fun bet to have. If that's the only bet you have all week, and you only want to put ten pounds on it, at least your bet is gonna go until the last race. Well, it might not. It might it go till it might go till the first race on the on the Thursday. But well, I just, we've got the favourites in the first three races of Cheltenham. Yeah. So, you know, you could be off to a good start, but it might be downhill from there. Yeah, but that's uh, that's a tip from me. The value bet is to back Great Britain to win the Pressbury Cup at 11-1. to 1. <laughs> Plenty of firms available. Um, Wednesday, let's go champion chase. Obviously, huge um, race at Ascot when we saw Energumen and uh, Shishkin oh, face off. I think all three of us were, were there. Obviously, you were there in a bit of a different respect to me and Charlie. Um, Great ride on Cobra Lobo that day. I was I was stood by the last watching that. I thought I not we're not probably going to get a, a thing like this for a good while. Mm. So yeah, I was stood by the last when the two of them went over the last. We also, Great day. We also backed uh, Cobra Lobo and Phoenix Way. And Fe- oh, you did didn't. Phoenix Way? No, it was Kevin Brogan who was oh, on Phoenix Kevin Way. Brogan. Kevin Brogan was Phoenix Way. He's my housemate, Kevin. Is he? <laughs> Say well yeah. done to us, mate. We yeah. were we were well done so that. <laughs> Yeah, Cobra Lobo, that was dreadful. Oh. That was tough. I thought you'd won. Anyway, David <laughs> Maxwell. Both thought you'd won it, yeah. Was that David Maxwell? It was David Maxwell, yeah, yeah. yeah. Outridden. Yeah. Um, yeah, champion chase, Shishkin versus Nogi, man. That 
is going to be quite some rematch, isn't it? Who are you behind? I think definitely something has to go wrong for Shishkin not to win, probably. Um, yeah, I think it'd be very interesting to see who Paul Carberry, uh, Paul Townend rides. Yeah. Um, because probably looking at it, he's got a little bit to find with an Ergamin, but Shaq and Paul Soir doesn't really bring his best form away from home. No. On the whole. Um, but, you know, on his day, he's a bit of a freak as well. And I think, and he still ran creditably last year. Um, so I think it'd be very interesting who he rides. Yeah. Um, I would, I w- wouldn't be surprised though if Anogamin got a bit closer at Cheltenham. Yeah, I think I, I just they, 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 they're over there for a, a, a couple of days longer when they come over from for, for the festival than they do say at Saturday at the Saturday at Ascot. So. Just wouldn't surprise me if he got a little bit closer, but mm. same time, Shishkin knows that hill well, yeah. and I can't see him getting beat. To be honest, it's quite interesting to see Nube Negra at ten mm. to one. I think that that yeah, genuinely could be pro. the if they get a few runners in there, they're probably not going to have more than six. I don't know if you could have, you know, a horse without Shishkin then maybe Nube Negra could be the one. Because like, if Shishkin and Nergamen take themselves, take each other on and then just get stuck on the hill, I could see Nube Negra swinging in. Beat Put the Kettle on, mm. supposedly on her, on her home turf. Um, and, and Put the Kettle on, I presume, is still going. I mean, she's 20 to 1 here. Yeah, I think she is. Yeah, it sounds like really? she is. I think, you know, they'll go a good gallop um, and it will play into Nube Negra's hands. I think he's very good fresh. Um, don't think that was his true running the last time he ran yeah. a while ago now. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I think he's probably a good value bet. Yeah, ten to one is not too bad. Yeah. Any others on the Wednesday that 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 take your fancy? Um, I think a Hoysenor will be interesting in the three mile chase. I think on his day he's very good. He's a bit of a freak as well. Yeah. Um. Whether he's he's just he's a bit sporadic sometimes with his jumping, um, and that the, the Tuesday and the Wednesday are the tighter track, and it is a yeah. really different track to the other track. Um, like when you walk it, you'd be how surprised you're almost on a turn the whole time. Um, so he won't he can't afford to make any mistakes jumping wise, but I think he's very good. Um, and I suppose in the champion bumper, it's just and it's back either Willie or Gordon yeah I think I heard that very good whatever they have there was that quote from Patrick Mullins the other day um I can't remember who was who flagged it up maybe it was the uh the racing Josh right about (laughs) um no well basically um Patrick Mullins had come in after uh the last run of of Fasil Vega Mm. and he had been quoted to say after he was like we got another one of these back at home and she's better, or he's better. Oh, really? And that was Redemption Day. And there's been a huge punt on that, in from sort of tens into fours now. So I wonder whether we're going to have a bit of one of those ones where the sort of Mullin second string goes and wins. Um, have you heard anything about Redemption Day? No, I just I just seen him. Um, I know Tim O'Driscoll, the owner, and um, he's, a very good supporter of the game and I, I it's great that he's got a well, looks like a really nice one here mm. um, I actually had my first ride for Gordon in the Irish sales bumper about 
five years ago as an amateur for, for Tim O'Driscoll. Um, so he's a good supporter. Um, I just saw him at Leopard Town the first day he won. I thought he was, he was a bit of a yeah. monster, to be honest. But yeah, yeah. it was hard to know what he beat on the day. Um, I think probably your best bet in this race is having Fatil Vega and American Mike and Redemption Day in a, in a little tricast. I think so. The trifecta. So. That would be that. That would be a serious tip. Let's um, let's hope that that one goes well. Um, Thursday, we've covered the stairs hurdle, um, pretty much to its entirety. Um, why don't we talk about the all of the name, all of the races of the the names of the races seem to change every year now. The um, what's now known as the Turners, novice chase. Um, I'm hugely excited about Bob Ollinger here. And if Gallopin Deschamps is going to go for the three-miler, what was once the RSA, is now the Brown Advisory? Is it still the... I don't know. I think it's changed again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, two-mile four, let's call it that. Um, would you be in Bob Ollinger's camp here? Definitely with the engine. I do think he's... Still got the jumping to brush up a little bit on. Um, but the Thursday, they turn to the bigger track, so they've got a little bit more time. If he does make a mistake or two, he's definitely got the engine to make up the ground he's lost. But he has got better the two runs as he's got going. And um, I'd imagine, obviously, he's been well-cooled now for Cheltenham and everything. That would just be my only worry for him. But in terms of an engine, I think he'd be very, very hard to beat. I was so impressed with him when he won um, the Ballymore last year. I think that was the most impressive performance of the meeting, to be honest. And if he put up something like that, I think it'd be very hard to beat. I like Venetia's horse, Lon Preste. Yeah. Um, I think he's, I think he's pretty good and will be in the, will be in the placings. But I think Bob Ollinger's got definitely got the biggest engine in that race. And do you think Lon Preste definitely goes to the, uh, to the two mile four rather than the three mile? I guess it's such a toss know, up. At the it'd be interesting. He's only been racing over two and a half, so. Yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised yeah. Yeah. if they did step him up to three, knowing he's as effective as he is. Around like he's ran, he's ran over two and a half at Cheltenham on New Year's Day on the Dipper. Um, the dip, like the Dipper is a good is a good trial for this race. I think Takran de Soy won it for Dad a good few years ago, um, 2014, I think, en route to winning the thing. So I, I think it's a good race, um, a good trial, and I think it'd be thereabouts. But if they were both going to the last. I'd imagine Bob Ollinger would scoot away. Yeah. The way that he won <laughs> the Ballymore last year was uh, quite simply ridiculous. Um, mm. Ryanair Chase. It seems that uh, everyone's banker of the week is is Alaho. Is is Alaho your banker of the week as well? Or would you be happy to take him on? No, I think he is. I, he, he was the same last year. He looked like he ran away for the whole whole race really and he's still power clear at the end he he beat Fakir Dudri um his last run who obviously won the grade one at Ascot um form solid he, he's very hard to oppose I think that race will cut up a bit as well um conflated was obviously sounds like Davy Russell's going to ride him in the Ryanair um he was impressive at Leopard Town the last day yeah but um but it was a bit of a shock that day so whether I think it depends what conflicted turns up sometimes, and um, he he is a very good horse, but 
I'd be fencing Alejo. Nice. Um, Annie from the handicaps that day. Gordon Elliott seems to have a bit of a stronghold on the Kem Year. He does, and he's won it a few times as well. He does very well with the race. They All of them horses have got good experience in them big handicaps and stuff now. Yeah. Um, I suppose you would probably look at jockey bookings. Yeah. And that would probably decipher what's the best chance. Love it. Love it. Thursday tackled. Let's move on to the big Friday where Charlie is going to be down there. Yep. Uh, hopefully reporting trackside <laughs> live with John Joe, giving us a an interview after you've won on Champ the day before, and you'll probably be quite hungover, uh, which is understandable, <laughs> um, because you will have just been cheered into the winners' enclosure. Um, the Friday, obviously, the big race of the day, the Gold Cup, mm. um, which we will come to after talking first about the triumph which seems to also be a very exciting race. Pied Piper, obviously, hugely impressive uh, when running at Cheltenham. But then we've got this big uh, hype horse of Mullins called Vauban. Uh, where do you stand on the Pied Piper versus Vauban um, argument? Or do you look elsewhere here? I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I... I... I thought Pied Piper was obviously really impressive uh, at Cheltenham when he came over. I don't know. He probably didn't beat much yeah. now, but he did it literally in a canter. Mm. Um, Bovan is probably the potential, and I think Pied Piper's maybe just shown a little bit more at this stage, but they're both, they were really, really impressive. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they were neck and neck halfway up the running. Um, I think Porcello is pretty good there, 11 to 1. He's been very solid this year. Yeah. Um, Gary Moore's. And I think he's, yeah, he's probably the solid horse that you know is going to run a good race. Um, I can't really split between the two top ones, though. Knight Salute will run well for Milton Harris. He's, I love he's that been horse. solid again. Yeah. Yeah, he's been very good. I was very impressed with the way when they had it on the one of the camera angles, I think it was on ITV, when he jumped the last at Kempton. He literally landed and scooted clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just showed he had plenty left in the tank. And uh, I just think he's probably too big a price at 12 to 1 at the moment he yeah. just seems perennially underrated as well yeah every time he turns out they, they yeah. sort of underestimate him genuinely it genuinely and you know he's run five times i think no maybe six times now so in terms of experience um in these types of races with these proper horses he's been running at the top level grade two um a few times and got the better of Porticello as well, who who for the uh, the Moore team, who have been in form all year, um, that's clearly very good form. Um, so hopefully we'll have either Porticello or uh, Night Salute as a winner for Great Britain on the to open the Friday, um, <laughs> which could be could be on for landing, could be yeah. landing my value bet <laughs> or helping it. Um, let's go to the next pattern race on the Friday which is the Albert Bartlett which everyone sort of says is the um, one for the boats Hillcrest is a massive massive horse um, but clearly very talented got the better of uh, was it Green Book last time uh, at Haydock I was there you were there I weren't there. you yeah I was what do you think of this one could this be a winner for uh, the uh, for the British yeah show? yeah I definitely I love him um, he's been 
So he's just got a lovely way of going. Um, doesn't over race, jumps well. I know he had that mishap at Cheltenham, but it wasn't yeah. really his fault, to be honest. No. Um, and I, I just, I just love him. I think he, he could be a gold cup or some time. He's got that style. Um, and I'd be pretty disappointed if he got beat. Jinto's good as well. They got similar styles of running, two gallopers. Yeah. Um, but I love Hillcrest. Hillcrest is so good. And actually, it would be so special for um, the Hemmings family to to have a properly exciting horse. I'm sure they'll have some some handicappers that come in under the radar, something like Cloudy Glen. Yeah. Um, but to have a proper, you know, exciting up-and-coming horse like Hillcrest is is really good. Um, right, let's let's tackle the big one then the gold cup there's been so much talk about galvin in recent days obviously lots of talk about aplutard all season uh, manella indo is at nine to two at the moment who clearly won last year and then horses like protectorat who's been running in a couple of big handicaps uh was second behind midnight shadow at the start of the season uh, and then album photo is 10 to 1 still seeking that third gold cup uh, and then Tornado Flyer, another notable mention because Ollie Bell came on at Christmas and tipped him up for the uh, King George. Uh, John Joe, where do you sit on the uh, Gold Cup? It's a tough one. I'm trying to see how Manila Undo is obviously very good at Cheltenham. He hit across the, I think he won the Abba Ballad and he hit his champ, obviously, beat him in the RSA. And he won this time. He obviously hasn't been as good yet, but he does always seem to come good in the spring. And I just watched the race last year again, and I just I'm struggling to see how Aplutard is going to turn the tables if they both turn up in the same form. Um, he just looks like a Thursday, a very very good jumper, Manila Rindo. Mm. And I I would fancy him again to go close. Um, Galvin was very good um he's obviously won the four miler before yeah. um or it was on the four miler national hunt chase but my who i think is going to run a really big race is protector at nice. i was in the race when it won the many clouds um on native river and obviously like he, he'd slightly gone a little bit <laughs> by then but, um uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i was I was very impressed with the way he went and kicked clear. Yeah. Like it was really, really heavy ground that day. And um, (laughs) there was a strong headwind. And he's just, I thought he just left us for dead. And like Native River, even though he was slightly gone at that point, he's not a bad horse. Um, You know, he's very, very good horse. Um, And I just thought they've, they've kept him fresh and, Think he can run I think he could run a massive race and because he hasn't run in a while they've probably not talked about him as much um he's still obviously got to beat now proper gold cup horses um yeah but I you know I, he he likes Cheltenham he, he ran well in the paddy power um he or what was the paddy power um and I just think yeah, he was. could run a massive race that's so good and actually it would be so skeleton just to come in under the radar on a horse that people probably won't back because they'll be all over all of the irish ones 
And if that came and won, I think that would just be such mm. a good story because they've had the most ridiculous season again. Um, and they sort of had this change where they're now going for more of the top graded races rather than having these mm. um, more mediocre horses, let's say. Uh, so for them to get the Gold Cup would just be unbelievable. Brad, what do you think about the Gold Cup? Um, well, I like that analysis. I mean, yeah, I've sort of, like you, I've been hearing a lot about Galvin. Um, yeah. So sort of been brainwashed a bit about that. But I think it's, I mean, it, it's it's a really nice race. Um, you know, you've got Al Boom a bit further down the down the market there. He's had, you know, same prep as he does every year. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, pr- proven it in the race before, who say can't do it again. Um, but I think it'll be, it's going to be a great race. I'm excited. Uh, but I like that protector. I sort of, uh, yeah, we've certainly gone under my radar at least. It's such a good, um, it's such a good race, the Gold Cup, and actually, uh, I just love Protector out to win. I think <laughs> it'll be such a good story. It'll be such a good story. Um, we obviously in the Fox Hunters have yes. a uh, a horse that we uh, want to tip up, and and John Joe said that he uh, also knows the horse, so. <laughs> Um, that is Overworked Underpaid, which is going to be ridden by uh, our good friend, George Chatterton, who gave us a word before coming third behind Bob and Co. Yeah. And Close third. What was the other one? Uh, Cousin Pascal at yeah. Haydock last time out, which was really good form. Uh, a repeat of that could see him top six, I would have thought. So keep your eyes peeled at that, uh, 25 to 1 at the moment. If it rains a lot between now and Friday afternoon, then... Overworked yeah, on the pay has got a strong chance. Uh, but for now, uh, maybe just hold your hold your cash just for now. <laughs> just 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 hold it for now. Um handicaps overall, all four days. Any really, really strong opinions? Not really. They I've just heard a lot about Stateman. If he does turn up in a handicap, I'm not sure. Um, but they do like that, and I suppose really does do well in the boys race as well on the Friday I don't I don't yeah. even know off the top of my head what he's got in it but obviously Gallop and Deschamps won it last year Stateman Stateman is entered currently in five races at <laughs> the Cheltenham Festival um, the Supreme 16 to 1 the Ballymore 12 to 1 Coral Cup 7s County Hurdle 4s and the Martin Pipe 5s Interesting. Out for him, I think. Interesting. Which one would you yeah. say he's most likely to go in? The Martin Pipe? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I would imagine it looks as if Willie's got horses for the two races. Yeah. Um, the, the Supreme and the Ballymore. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did go for the county, uh, for the handicap. Yeah. He's off one for one. You know what they say in a good in a good handicap like that. They probably you need a graded horse in a handicap. Mm. Probably off one for one. If they do think he, if the hype around him is that good, he probably is maybe well handicapped slightly. Could be, if he's like galloping the champ. It could be one sixty next year. We don't know. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, keep an eye out for him anyway. I'd imagine. So basically, whichever race he runs in, he's probably going to go close. Don't go nuts. (laughs) Don't go nuts. Um, But yeah. Uh, So that is the nap from the handicaps for the week. Um, Your strongest 
bet, maybe not your most likely winner, but the best bet of the week, what would you say that is? Best bet as in best value? Yeah, value, but also, I guess, chance of winning. Kind of, but not just winner, if you get what I mean. So don't tip up honey circle. (laughs) I think, yeah, I'd be very disappointed if him crest didn't go very close i think he's he's very good and i i, I think yeah he's got Jinto to beat but apart from that now with manila Kruna out yeah i think it makes him definitely more likely favorite wouldn't surprise me if he started favorite on the day nice and then in terms of obviously riding field dad um what is his best chance of the week and how are his horses coming into the uh the festival he's got a very good entry. form we had a we had a winner on sunday we haven't had many runners now this week um yeah we've got a few tomorrow and a few saturday and sunday and just leading up to the festival um hard to know we haven't got anything outstanding a few nice horses we had um one of the bumpers and all the tails and that are out for the season we probably had four or five that we thought would be chanting horses all yeah. out for the season which unfortunately annie mack and the like yeah yeah um and but we Gary Clermont probably goes for the Coral Cup. He's been knocking on the door. He's probably unlucky not to win yeah. this year already at Ascot. I remember. Um, I should have won him the first time, and then he's he's ran well in defeat the next couple of times. I don't think he does an awful lot in front. So I think something like the Coral Cup, having him right in the middle of things, we can't see a lot would really suit him. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking forward to him. Sky Pirate goes back to the Grand Annual. Um, he obviously won it last year. He's going to find things tougher. Um, I think he's got five, five or six pounds more than he did last year. He's been running well without winning. The handicapper hasn't really given him a chance, so um, he's kind of stayed the same mark all year. Um, so I think he's probably up against it, but he always runs well, so I think he'll he'll run well. But he's probably exposed now, especially to a, a younger one off a lighter weight. Um, and uh, yeah, we've we've a few in, in the other handicaps. I'm not exactly sure what else is going to go yet. Easy lines go to the cross country. That was the one um, I was going to ask about. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he won two years ago, but uh, he's been difficult to train, and um, he is not the most straightforward at home. But he's starting to come into himself. We took him to Cheltenham a couple of times just to school him out of the cross country. Uh, yeah fences and that and the jump took him on Monday again and sparked him up a bit so he, he goes there in a better place than he than he was probably a month ago but I think on his first, his first two runs uh, in England in, in a year I think he, he's got a good bit to prove you know Have you looked at that race in much depth because Tiger Roll is 11 to 8 at the moment um, which seems to just be kind of a yeah Tiger Roll's in yeah, let's yeah. put him at Evans favourite and just see what happens basically do you think that's the right price for him? Uh, I think it probably is. Apart from that, it's not the it's not the most strongest race, really, is it? Like he he, he is an outright favourite. Um, and I think I think it probably is. Just yeah. knowing how he is round there, if the ground tightens up as well, and he's good to soft only round there. He just loves good ground. Yeah. Um, I think it probably is, and I think yeah, he's he is probably one of the Irish bankers, really. Interesting. You'd be surprised. You would, but I would be surprised if he. He didn't go close, you know. Are there any rides that you're picking up uh, off other trainers that we should be aware of that aren't currently? 
common knowledge. It's a bit early to tell still, really. Um, just, yeah, because confirmations are only the, the first two days. So we still don't know what's being left in on the Thursday and the Friday. Um, might pick up or one or two in the handicaps and stuff. But Cheltenham, Slim Pickens, it's very hard to get rides, you know, especially especially in the grade one, because you're unlikely to pick up a spare in the grade one unless something happens or yeah. the trainer's got two in the race. Because if you ride that horse to win good races that year, you know, you're going to, the most, ten times, nine times out of ten, you're going to stay on it. Um, in the handicaps, you can pick a few, like something like the Boodles. Um, you might, like, I picked up a spare for Dermot Weld last year and stuff because there's a lot of jockeys and, and a lot of horses to go around. Um, but there is slim picking, so it'll be hard. But I think I'll probably go there with probably about nine or 10, 11 rides, maybe. Nice. God, it's so exciting. I literally can't wait. Um, it's going to be such an epic week. I think we've just about covered everything. Charlie, have you got any burning bets? I think you told us about one you had earlier. No. Is it in a two mile four handicap? Uh, is it? No. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's not John Joe, Charlie's got a speciality, which is tipping up horses in two mile four handicaps. Handicap chasers. He's basically yeah. been doing it every single weekend <laughs> throughout the year. And he's he gets the winner like 60% of the yeah. time and they're always about 12 to 1. Um, it's actually not this time. Uh, I do like a horse though on the on the Wednesday um, in the Grand Annual actually. Uh, and that's a Joseph O'Brien horse, weirdly enough. Ah. We were saying he doesn't have any more. But um, embittered, uh, I really like. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Just thought good. I mean, my reasoning behind it really was the good, good Cheltenham form. Um, had a RPR highest RPR uh, at Cheltenham in uh, a race a couple of years ago. Uh, the County Hurdle a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, loves a big field, uh, which this would be. Um, and then he's actually lower than his last winning chase mark. So. You know, a few pluses there, and I thought um, he was interesting. I found, honestly, I was thinking through all the cards for every day, and I was just like, this is an absolute slog, just trying to find, you know, who's going where and all that stuff. But I did, yeah, I liked him bittered, so uh, that gets a mention from me. I think this year is going to be good. I'm really, really crossing my fingers that, that Champ wins. Uh, and if Champ does win, I'd love to see a picture of you guys yeah, yeah, uh, together on the Friday. I'll be going to find you, John Joe. <laughs> um, Definitely. Uh, mate, it's been so good to have you on. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get you on after. Um, yeah, definitely. And we can celebrate you yeah. winning a famous, what, quintuplet of rides <laughs> or something and winning best jockey of the whole <laughs> festival. Uh, John Joe and Neil Jr., it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully, plenty of winners in there. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Thank, Thank you. Much. Thanks Thank for you. having me, guys. Really appreciate it. What a great chat. What a great guy. John Joe mm. Jr. I also loved how bullish he was on Hillcrest. Yeah, made me pretty bullish as well. I mean, I'm, you know, he, he has me convinced anyway. I also think that having a bullish opinion in a race like that is really key mm. because it's so easy to be really bullish in a race where there's like five good horses, for example, the one that I'm really bullish about, <laughs> Constitution Hill, in the first race. Um, but yeah, it's just fantastic to talk to him and get get an opinion of someone who's actually won a race at the festival before and someone who's riding one of the most hyped horses in, in training in one of the big four races of the week in Champ. Yeah. I mean, that's massive. 
Huge, huge. Uh, no, really great, great guest to get on the podcast. And um, again, want to thank him very much for his appearance. Uh, some really great insights. And also, if that doesn't get you excited for Cheltenham, I don't know what will. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's just quickly, before we round up, because I know that we usually get a few messages at the start of each Cheltenham week. Uh, so just to tie that up for people, why don't we say our best three bets oh of the god. week oh my god um i'll start yeah yeah this with means my look up. <laughs> top one which i'll tell everyone constitution hill in the supreme novices the first race of the festival two to one my nap nice your nap is stormy island in the close brothers mayor's hurdle interesting you say that why do you say that first uh i say that because well last time out uh course winner that was uh against actually quite a good field that day mcfabulous guard your dreams donovan uh in a grade two here at cheltenham uh an impressive style um i think that form going into this race is is pretty strong uh one over over the distance as well um and also what's not to like about willie mullins's form right now 39 percent yeah, strike rate Fuck yeah yeah interesting you say that uh stormy island is your nap because my next best for the whole festival is heaven help us <gasps> also in the mayor's hurdle the reason for that is that the last day was fifth of five over a completely inadequate trip uh against honeysuckle in the champion hurdle the irish champion hurdle the time before that in december split Royal Kahala and Tell Me Something Girl, who was 11 to 1 on that day. Uh, we were next second. And I think back at Cheltenham, where Heaven Help Us has won before, also came seventh in the Supreme. I think it was when Shishkin won it. Um, so clearly has, has form at the festival, is, is underestimated in the, in the betting. And I think it's just the type of horse to throw up a bit of a shock. So guys, take note. And I would have thought the favourite potentially is slightly too short. If Tell Me Something Girl has beaten the favourite on its second last time and the favourite is 5-2, to two, we're 11-1, to one, that's value. Well, I think we can both agree that the favourite's too short. Um, and we're both willing to take that one on. So yeah. One your next might be right. Your next best. Next best. Um, bit of a toss up. Want to give a good price. I might just go for embittered for the next best. Um, for the reasons I stated earlier. Uh, third in the county hurdle two years ago. Uh, went off favourite for the grand annual last year. Um, when actually when um he fell. Uh, but going well. So you know that's wouldn't be too put off. Um, and is on a very workable mark. Haven't so. you already said this? Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I said that <laughs> I already said this. But I, I'm just like, re- I'm reiterating my point yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 because, yeah. you know. It's I, a double yeah. next best. Okay, well, I can go. For, I'll go. For, uh, no, no, go no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Fine. It's good. Right. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Chill out. <laughs> um, that's great. And then, obviously, John Joe's uh, nap is the tricast in the uh bumper 
backing class, uh, the top three in the market there, which he says wins. And then Hillcrest is his next best. He told us. So that's that for the betting. We've had an unbelievable interview with John Joe O'Neill Jr. Let's all cross our fingers for a great week from him. And also, I think we'll be able to talk to him before Friday. Uh, but let's also cross our fingers for George Chatterton, who rides in the Fox Hunters chase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, it's been an awesome Cheltenham preview. The first, hopefully, of many. Uh, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's also a goodbye from me, Charlie. Good luck, guys. Bye. Bye.